0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Marlborough. It's the end of the week, so that means we are joined, as always, by our feelers leader. Oh, no, Dave's not here. Uh, but he is the leader of Canal Street Chronicles and president, vice chairman. But we do have Kevin Held from Akeem Drops the Ball and power ranking contributor uh, on Canal Street Chronicle. Kevin, how are you doing tonight?
0: Oh, I'm doing fine. And we should amend that to just to say part time power rankings contributor, because the last two weeks there the site has been sans power rankings. Uh, it's a little bit because uh, I, I'm getting really busy at work, and a little bit I'm uh, well, mostly I'm I'm extraordinarily lazy. Yeah, Kevin. And it's hard. It's hard to find. It's you know, you know when you when you're called up to the big leagues and working on Knauszki Chronicles, there are some limitations. You know, you can't just throw random photos of uh, some latex-clad supermodel. Why not? And uh, and and just and just throw it up there all willy-nilly. You know, the, certain certain photos. You, you know, you have to have certain credentials for things. You know, you can't just say, oh, I'm just going to grab this random photo of <laughs> Kate Upton with a, a popsicle between your cans and and post that, you know, you, you can't, you wait, can't that, do that. I, wait, I've that, learned that the hard way.
1: That's, uh, learned the
0: hard
1: way. that's uh, all about that. That's what third down defense is about. No? Right.
0: Popsicles uh, yeah. between your cans.
1: Um, look, uh, Dave may or may not join us shortly, but what I want to
0: start with, Kevin. Oh, he's too busy making a. Uh, I think he's too busy like pressing a cute design on a onesie for his kid, so it's okay.
1: Look, Dave is all about monetizing uh, the T-shirt. You know, that's that's Dave's wheelhouse. Uh, look, Kevin, uh, this this Saints game here—they're going to Oakland. This this Saints game—it's the Saints season in a, in a microwave. Wait, that. Whatever, whatever. look, if
0: they... Well, Michael, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not, yeah, yeah, you know, preheat, you know, heat it up, take the the cover off on one side, let it heat for a couple of minutes, and then you're good to go. (laughs)
1: Well, look, if they, whatever, they got, if you can't go to Oakland and beat the Raiders and get to five and five, then look... It's not like the rest of the, the last 6 games of the season will be meaningless. I mean, you could still have some fun. You can go to Jerry World and beat the Cowboys, you can go to Atlanta and beat Atlanta again. I mean, you could still have some fun. But the playoff talk is done. I mean, the Raiders, Kevin, look, we we make jokes about the Saints defense, it's, you know. You you said it best, it's the worst defense in the history of the NFL since, you know, since they've invented football. And that's still true. But the last two weeks, Kevin, the Raiders have given up 97 points and had Doug Martin, who nobody even heard of the guy, he ran for 250 and four. Um, So, like, at this very moment, the Raiders' defense might be worse than the Saints, if that's even possible.
0: Well, I'm looking at their numbers. I mean, numbers-wise, their numbers are better. I mean, they're 24th against the pass and 21st against the run which is fucking stunning to me (laughs) they
1: gave up 250
0: to Doug Martin Right, right and and also they gave up fucking 55 points to the the Baltimore Ravens who I gotta be honest Joe Flacco is not elite Joe Flacco is not in the top tier Joe Flacco is not in the second tier of of quarterbacks and yet the team put up 55 points on him now yeah obviously all that wasn't offense but Whatever The fact is, the Raiders gave up 55. So, the Saints ought to be able to score almost at will against the Raiders. The, the only concern I've got is that the Raiders are, are, are fifth in passing. They're putting up 289 per game. And the Saints' secondary continues to be not only the worst thing about their defense, but probably the worst thing in the history of worst things. I mean,
1: <laughs> it's pretty abysmal. You know,
0: I mean, there's the, there's the there's the Godfather Part Three, there's the Star Wars prequel trilogy, there's the Matrix Reloaded, and then there's the Saints secondary well, for 2012. I mean, it's it's that goddamn abysmal.
1: Well, I think oh. To- Totally off topic. Me and the me and the wife were watching Godfather Part Three, and she gets mad at me because I root for Sophia Coppola to die. That's how bad she is in that movie. Um, so, <laughs> actually,
0: wait a minute. That, no, that's an even better comparison. The Saints' defense is Godfather Three. The Saint secondary is Sophia Topola in The Godfather Part Three.
1: Uh, oh well, the thing, the, the the funny thing about the defense is, at least the last couple of weeks, that you know, well, last week they were good against the run, but that may be a case of Michael Turner just being a corpse. Um, but the, they've been good in the red zone, and that's a trend that sort of started the, in the Tampa game and has continued. So you can uh, you can give them that.
0: Well, the Saints. I think the Saints' running defense is going to look good in this game because the Raiders are only uh, the Raiders are only getting I think seventy seven. What is that? Seventy six. Yes, over seventy, a little over seventy six yards per game. They are thirty first in the league in rushing. And they won't have so the top running backs, right? I mean, I I actually think that we're going to see the the Saints' rushing defense look good again or decent again. And, and I, I truly believe that Carson Palmer is gonna look like a fucking all-pro. He's gonna find, you know, Darius Howard, Ahmoud Ahmadinejad Bey, or whatever his <laughs> name is. Uh, oh and, my you know, and, and I, I'm telling you, I, I really think Carson Palmer's gonna hit 400 yards easy, and he'll get two or three touchdowns, no question.
1: No, I, I, I,
0: I, I would, i bet that.
1: I was going to ask you Kevin, I was going to ask you do you think maybe this is the week where the Saints don't give up 400 yards of total defense? No, but, way. no, no way. way. No way. Listen, no way. Listen, the Saints defense they, they 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 can be good in the red zone and and maybe they could do something else. Maybe they, you know, Carson Palmer, he loves to throw pick sixes. I mean, the guy, it's that that's like his that's like his go-to move, and if the Saints win, it wouldn't surprise me at all if late in the game he throws a pick-six to seal it for the Saints. But to, to expect his defense to like come out and and hold the team to under 24 points, or I mean, do the team could they hold the Raiders to under 450 yards? Because as bad as the Raiders are running the ball, maybe they could hold them to 75 yards on the ground, and Carson Palmer could throw for 350. That would only put them at 425. So, can they hold the Raiders to under 450, Kevin?
0: Well, look, the Raiders, the Raiders are averaging 76 per game uh, on the on the ground, and they're averaging 289 uh, in the air. So that is 365. 365 I believe yeah. uh, I can see the Raiders getting closer to 100 We're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Don't search, match with Indeed Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed the better it gets and The kind of thing where it's like they'll get they'll get larger increments from time to time, but then they'll get shut down for the most part. Yeah. Um, and the, the passing game, I can see, I easily can see Carson Palmer getting getting close to 400, if not hitting 400. So I think 450 is 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 a high possibility. I mean, last week Matt Ryan, Shady Ice, as we <laughs> as we're starting to call him now, had a career high. He had a career game. Against the Saints in the dome with the crowd against him, and he still put up over 400 passing yards. Yeah, uh, you, you know. But I mean, you know, they don't count passing yards for the fucking score like fantasy does. So, <laughs> you know, so so you know Matt Ryan and and Ronnie White can uh, can uh, suck on it.
1: Well, we'll get to we'll get to the to, to make fun of Atlanta in a second, but I'm I'm disappointed that Dave couldn't join us because it was a perfect opportunity, Kevin, for him to gloat like a son of a bitch because Mark Ingram is looking like the Mark Ingram of Alabama. I mean, he looked pretty good against Philadelphia, but Kevin, I'm gonna say he looked as good as he's ever looked against against Atlanta, and I'm not just talking about the you know he had 67 yards and 16 carries, which is Okay, but to me, Kevin, he looks healthier and faster than he's ever looked as a Saints player. Absolutely. Now, I you mean, know,
0: it, it, look, it was to the point it was to the point where they actually put Pierre Thomas on the bench, and like like I said in the post game last week, I said, you know, keep keep Pierre Thomas on the bench if Mark Ingram and Chris Ivory can keep pounding the ball and punishing Atlanta. And as long as they're not screwing up and, and fumbling or, or going backwards, keep them in the game.
1: Yeah, and which which brings us to Chris Ivory who, look, you know, a lot of people have been saying, where the hell is Chris Ivory? Why aren't they playing him? Why aren't they playing him? Um, and I talked to my friend who he's been – he's a friend of mine, he's been beating the Chris Ivory drum for – he's like the president of the free Chris Ivory fan club. Um, and he was he asked me, you know, he's like, well, why didn't they play him? And I, I said there's two – Looking at Chris Ivory, there's two scenarios as to why they didn't play him. Uh, one, because either Aaron, Aaron Cromer just – because he was the interim, interim coach, he was letting Pete Carmichael and the running backs coach make the decisions on who played. And he's like, I'm only here for a month. I'm not going to make the call on saying you got to play Chris Ivory. So I'm going to let you do what you think is best. And then Joe Vitz come in, and he said, hell – we're playing these running backs. Play Chris Ivory, goddammit. You know, he's made decisions on a defensive play. Play Hakeem Hicks for a stretch, and he's making decisions that head coaches need to make when shit needs to be fixed. Or the second possibility, Kevin, is Chris Ivory, as fantastic as he w- was against Atlanta, Andrew brought this up. God damn it, he carries that ball like a loaf of bread. And if you noticed, at the end of the game, when the Saints needed to kill the clock, he wasn't getting carries. So it could be a case of maybe he's putting the ball on the ground all over the place on practice, and they didn't trust him in the game. So I think it's plausible that one of those two scenarios is correct, and it, I'm like fifty-fifty on either one. Uh, what's your What's your thought? Uh,
0: <laughs> is it possible that that maybe? If if I go option one, I can add the caveat that maybe Aaron Cromer is just is just terrible as a head coach. You could you could I mean you can. I mean I mean that there's, there's a level of incompetence there. I mean that's shit, That's that's kind of how that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Um. More 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 to him. Not, uh, not being ready for prime time, so to speak, and then him not wanting to ruffle any feathers, being too afraid to sort of mix things up, and that plays into not being ready to be a head coach.
1: And it was, I mean, you know,
0: that's, that's, that's... I, I mean, I, I just, I just want to add the whole, you know, if Jill Vitt had been the head coach this entire year, uh, I think for, for certain the Chiefs game would have turned out differently. Yeah. And that's still, you know, a stabbing pain. Uh, and maybe one of the other games could have gone differently. So the Saints would for sure be over and, 500. It might be two four, games over 500. Six and four, seven
1: and three. Which, let's be honest, the Saints' schedule is going to get really, really hard the rest of the way, and the Saints should have made hay in the early part of the schedule because they played Washington, Carolina, and Kansas City to start. I mean, you won't get three shittier teams to start your year. I mean, you can kind of excuse the, the, the Redskin game because nobody had seen Robert Griffith III. They didn't know what he was going to do, and that was kind of like a, a surprise game. So that was, that was kind of understandable, but the other two losses are not. And, you know, Kevin, you bring up an interesting point. Maybe in all of this, when we look back at it on 2012, maybe the thing that's going to... We're going to be like, man, that that's the thing that killed the Saints the most is the fact that Goodell's Bounty Gate suspensions made the Saints go interim, interim. If they just would have been able to have Joe Vitt the whole year, maybe it would have turned out differently. And I think that's, that's a strong case to be made that having Aaron Cromer have to be the co- coach for the month really fucked the Saints because maybe he wasn't ready. I tend to believe make the Saints having to put somebody in for a month and Joe Vitt couldn't be around. And it just, it was no matter who they'd have put in there, I think they would have been fucked. Like that. And it's not an excuse. Sometimes when you, when you say things of why things go bad and why things go wrong in football and in life, sometimes Kevin, it's not an excuse. It's a reason. And I just, it's just, it's just a statement of fact. And I just think that that is a, that is a that was a unwinnable situation by Aaron Cromer, and in a weird way, I kind of admire him for doing it because I really think he's fucked his head coaching chances where he was getting closer and closer to being head, being clo- closer and closer to being a head coach. If he was playing Monopoly, he just got sent to jail, because I think he probably pushed his chances to be a head coach back by a minimum of three years.
0: Uh, not only, not only did he go to jail in Monopoly, but he had to sell his last, his last shitty apartment on Baltic Avenue to pay the bail to get out. So, you know, that's, you know, I, I, I figure I'll, I'll beat the metaphor into the ground.
1: Yeah, I mean, and look, look, the Saints, if, if they can get back into this, if they can be the Raiders, uh, you know, but. We talked about it on the podcast. I talked about it with Andrew, and I talked about it with the Angry Houdat. And this this whole Atlanta, you know, I'm not going to get into, like, the Pete Prisco whole trope of, oh, that's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to play football and bullshit, and, you know, you got to have class and all that. I'm not going to get into that because I don't really care. But, Kevin, the whole thing that Atlanta did with the, the, the pregame bullshit of not letting Curtis Lofton warm up in peace, and then Asante Samuel with his his stu- penalty basically taunting the fans after the interception. To me, that says something about Atlanta and their goals. Like, it was like the goddamn Super Bowl to them when they're playing the Saints. And there ain't no. They should be concerned with bigger things, but yet they're not because they can't win fucking playoff games, and they know that they really are second fiddle in the South to the Saints. You
0: know what? even if they do win the goddamn division, which, look, I'm still betting on them winning the division. A lot of things have to go... Uh, in fact, nearly everything has to go in favor of the Saints, and almost everything has to go against the Falcons for that to change.
1: They have to have a four-game losing streak somewhere in there, basically.
0: Right. Uh, and guess what? Even if the Falcons somehow go 13-3 and or 14-2, and I am going to enjoy the shit out of watching them sweat bullets in the second round of the postseason against whoever, regardless of who it is. If it's Chicago, if it's Frisco, if it's the Giants, if it's if it's the uh, the Packers, if you know Minnesota gets in or Seattle, doesn't matter. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of that game because they're going to be terrified. <laughs> they are going to be terrified, and the and the uh, 25,000 Falcon fans that are going to fill the uh, the Georgia Dome and are going to have to compete with for loudness with uh, with the opposing fans, uh, they're going to be in over their heads.
1: They're yeah.
0: going to be in over their heads. They're going to have no idea. I mean, well, I'm not going to say they're going to have no idea because they do have an idea. They know exactly what's going to fucking come. They're going to be waiting for the other shoe to drop. Let me tell you, Saints fans... You know, I, I sometimes get accused of being perpetually waiting for the other shoe to drop as a Saints fan because, because I can't be as wonderfully homerific as Wang is.
1: God, his cheeks this week was weight. It was like a Wang. It was like when you go to Moose Denied, if you ordered off the menu, that'd be like, I'll have the number one, please. It was just fantastic.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. the waiter brought it out in a hot plate and it was still sizzling on the plate. It was great. It was wrapped in bacon. It was perfect. But, but the thing is, Wang Wang can manage to be perfectly, blatantly biased, totally homorific, and, and I, don't, I don't hate him for it. He doesn't sound like an idiot when he, when he does all that. Anybody else? I'm like, I'm calling bullshit. And it's like, even though I disagree with Wang, I'm still like, oh, it's a fun read. I like what you're saying. It's nice. I just don't think it's going to happen. And, and, and so, so, you know, I, I get called out and, and people are like, man, why are you, why are you so negative? Why, why are you waiting to the a shooter drop? Well, yeah, it's because I've been, I've been a Saint fan so goddamn long like everybody else. And maybe I can't let, let, you know, let all this, let all that bad shit go. But Falcon fan, even modern day Falcon fan is constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's like you said in the post game. This is their apex. This is their golden age of, of football as a franchise. This is their golden age. They've, they've been good the last few years. The problem is their golden age is going on during the Saints' golden age. And they are always going to be second best. Yeah, you can win the division. Go ahead and win the division. Whatever. You're still gonna be sweating fucking bullets for every playoff game. Anytime it's it's within a score, at, go, at the end of every half, your assholes are gonna be clinching tighter than a snare drum.
1: Well, I mean I, I listen, the thing about it, the thing about, you know, the baggage. When when Tracy Porter went into the end zone against Peyton Manning, all my Saints baggage and all my hang ups, they just disappeared. I just I just believe I just choose to believe that good things are going to happen to the Saints. Now this year it hadn't turned out so well, but whatever. I just I gave up the I gave up the baggage. The Super Bowl trophy sort of freed me of that. But let me tell you. I was in the Superdome for all the Jim Moore playoff losses. Kevin, that baggage gets heavier and fucking heavier the longer it goes. And let me tell you, it was like a fucking 5000 pound piano when they were playing Philadelphia and they were up 20 to 6 and you could still fucking feel it. You were like, "Oh my god, when is it going to go wrong? When are they going to fucking when is Lucy going to pull this football from us and we're going to end up on our fucking back?" Because you you just you felt the weight of the 0 and 3, Jim Moore in the playoffs, you know? There's no there's no denying it. And let me tell you something. I, Atlanta's schedules, you look at it, it's not that hard. But if some kind of way Arizona could beat them in the Georgia Dome this week, which is really hard because Arizona's offensive line is so fucking terrible and their quarterback situation is so bad. But if Arizona can pull that off, Kevin, they go to Tampa and then the Saints come in Thursday night. And wouldn't it be just fantastic for the – Six and five Saints to play the eight and three Falcons. I mean, I think the stadium would be gripping like a motherfucker, thinking we're going to lose four in a row. We're blowing it when the Saints don't even have their coach. I mean,
0: well, it's all, you know, we're still we're still playing with house money. Yeah, still playing with house money. Because we were the team that ended their, their, their perfect run. They were only halfway to the fucking they were only halfway to the checkered flag. And Roddy White wanted to run his mouth and 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 slap his gums and it bit him in the ass. Like it always has. Like it always has. The man the man is the man's gonna write checks that uh, can't catch. Can't catch him. It's no good here, yeah,
1: sir. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, to me, look, I think Atlanta, I think, I think if you take, I think if you, Mark Ingram would be the best running back on their team. I think. I, I think their running backs are, are, are garbage. And I think Turner's done. You know, their passing the game is good. But let me tell you, Kevin, I think... You name a team in the NFC, except for the Bears because Cutler's so fucking inconsistent, but I think, I think Alex Smith would light them up. I think Green, I think Green Bay would light them up. Um, I think Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch would light them up. So I'm going to say that at, at best, Atlanta is the third best team in the NFC, at best.
0: behind uh who you got him behind the powers
1: and who i would say i would say the packers i would say the packers are one i would put san francisco two chicago three oh, I put atlanta three chicago four because i think cutler might be out a while and the thing is with chicago is they're so dependent on their defense scoring that I think Jason Campbell, if he has to play a little bit, they could kind of go into a mini tailspin. So I'd still put Atlanta third, but I would – put it this way. If they play in a playoff game against any of those teams, I'm taking those teams and I'm feeling really good about it. Yep. You know? Yep. Um. The interesting thing, you know, with the Saints is as if this climb back from this hole is Drew Brees has, has played really, really well uh, since, you know, he he sort of he had the the blip where he was bad in the fourth quarter against Kansas City. He was great against Green Bay, and they had a he had a rough he had a I wouldn't say he had a terrible game against Denver. It's just that the Saints are so dependent upon him playing well that when he has a C-plus game, it feels like it's so bad because the defense just drags him down. But he's been playing really, really well. Um, If he can get the Saints back in the playoff chase, if they can get winning and and they can be alive in the playoff chase, say the last two or three weeks of the year, do you think there'll be a movement for him for MVP, and I'm not talking about you, me, and Dave, and Saints fans. I'm talking about nationally. Do you think maybe there'll be sort of a push to say, you know what? The Saints are 8-6, and six, and Drew Brees is doing this, and he doesn't have Sean Payton, and all the bullshit's going on with it. Maybe Drew Brees needs to be MVP. Do you think that could possibly no start? No way.
0: No way. No way. Because, A, here's the problem. Last year, last year, Aaron Rodgers built up such a huge lead in terms of in terms of MP, MVP momentum and MVP talk and hoopla that Drew Brees having one of the greatest goddamn seasons ever he he barely got any fucking votes for it he barely got any fucking votes for it and this year this year we're looking at a guy. Whose knee was fucking destroyed? Who, he, his knee was was destroyed? Not a year ago, not eleven months ago, not ten months ago, not nine months ago, eight months ago. Man's knee was the man's knee was obliterated eight months ago, and not only is he back, he's he's pacing, motherfucker.
1: They need to drug test him. So, I don't think he's human.
0: So the te- oh, no, no, it's the same. Uh, it's the same. Uh, you know, Bolivian goat ligaments that uh, Drew got last time out. Um, so you got him, and then on the other side, you got uh, you got Peyton, Peyton Manning, Manning whose who's neck fell out, <laughs> and they had to replace it with with straw and duct tape, and and now uh, Papa John's sauce is is holding it upright. Uh, and he's having uh, one of the best seasons. I, I I think he's leading the damn league in, in He's he leading the league, he's leading the league in something.
1: Yeah, he's leading. He's he's, he's leading the league in in uh, completion percentage, I think.
0: Maybe that's what it is, but he's obviously still still got his fastball. He's still capable of of, of being great. So it's going to be those two guys. And shit, you could there's there's a scenario I I I could absolutely see, and this this would kill me. <laughs> this would fucking kill me is if they manage to fucking split the m v p is if they split the m v p and those two guys get the fucking have and yet you know fucking last year uh you got two quarterbacks and you can't fucking find a way to split the m v p that time no uh no we'll give it to just the one guy and the other guy who you know went to the history books you know he's he can he can pound sand. But uh, but 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 this year this year we got a guy who's come back from having his knee obliterated. We got a guy who came back and we didn't know if he could have been killed on the field because of his fucking neck. We're gonna let them split it. That's great. That's great. I I don't fucking hope that does happen. I almost fucking hope that does because oh that would be great. That would be great. The vitriol. From me and the angry who that you could power a fucking factory for a week on that. Well, I think you, you could power a factory.
1: I think if the Saints get to ten and six and and make, you know, if they if they get to ten and six, and either get in the playoffs or or fall just short of tiebreakers or whatever, if they would get to ten wins, uh, I think it power. I think it give you power for a month because, um, to me, if the Saints have a winning record with all this bullshit that's going on. And with the Saints, you know that if the Saints get to 9 or 10 wins, you know Drew Brees is throwing for 5,000 again, and he's probably throwing for 40 touchdowns again. I mean, there's no other way around it with this shitty defense they have. Um, I mean, I guess, theoretically, they could run Ivory and Ingram a, a ton more these last seven weeks. Maybe that hurts the stats a little, but I don't think that much. I mean, I think the outrage from Saints fans, you'd be like, fuck it. You know what? Drew Brees is never winning the MVP, and Morstead is never going to the Pro Bowl. It's just not going to happen.
0: Right. Uh, but I tell you what, so I'm doing the math right now. Uh, Drew Brees is on pace to throw for over 5,000 yards again. In fact, I think he's on pace to, to, to throw to, he's all, still on pace. To break the de- to break old Dan Marino's number. Uh, again, yeah, I, and I, I yeah that, that that looks right. Yeah. So he would be the only man in NFL history to throw for five thousand yards more than once. More, he would be the only man to have done it more than once, and he's on pace to throw for forty-four touchdowns. I'm rounding down. He's on pace to throw for forty-four touchdowns. Oh, he only forty-four. Yeah, only forty-four touchdowns. So you know, I I, I don't know what to tell you. So, uh, you know, Peyton Manning and, and Adrian Peterson are gonna are gonna probably walk away with it. Maybe I, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. The Pete Priscos of the world are gonna rant and rave. You know, there's gonna be there be some assholes who are gonna say. Drew Brees shouldn't even be in the discussion. So that's gonna come off off the back. And then 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 by that point, Manning and Peterson are gonna have been dominating the discussion for so long. Don't forget Matty Ice. If, if, if Atlanta
1: in. gets to thirteen and three, would Matty Ice get a get a get a couple votes.
0: I could see I uh, I, I don't know. I, I really don't because again, if Adrian, if it's still Adrian Peterson, Peyton Manning, yeah. I don't well, think Minnesota, anybody's getting into discussion. Minnesota. I don't think anybody else is getting into discussion Minnesota. because these, they're two. They are two phenomenal comeback yeah, seasons in I, which they're putting up great numbers, and I could see writers saying, "I do not want to give anybody else a shot." The, these two guys have put up such a great season that I got to pick one over the other. And so it's either A or B, 1A or 1B, Well, and that's the way it's going to be. The thing because is, I, again, I'm, I'm, we're, we're, we, this whole fucking thing is being set up. This is, you know, Wang likes to talk about how the Saints season's unfolding this way and that way, and and how he can see the team, you know, making a huge run uh, win-loss-wise. You know, here's how I fucking see it going. Drew Brees is going to pass for 5,000 again. He's going to go over 40 touchdowns. He's going to continue the fucking streak till the end of the season, and you know whether the Saints make a run or not. Okay, fine. Let's 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 pretend that they fucking get to nine and seven or ten and six, and they're in the playoff discussion going into the final week. And whatever happens, happens. He's still going to get hosed, and by hosed, I mean he is barely going to get any consideration outside of Peyton Manning and Adrian Peterson. You'll fucking see J.J. Watt get more attention and more love than Drew Brees. Well, I, because that's the fucking way this thing runs. That's well, the way this thing fucking runs. If Drew Brees couldn't win the MVP award last year, I don't know what else he's got to fucking do. I don't. I'm, I'm at a loss for what well, he has to do.
1: Well, I think I think the leader is Peyton Manning because I you look at Minnesota's schedule and they have to play the Packers twice and they still have to play the Bears twice, which yep. in, in theory should slow down Adrian Peterson a little bit, and their quarterback is getting worse as the year goes along. So I don't think a, a running back is getting an MVP if the Vikings go 9-7 and seven or 8-8, eight and eight, even if he runs for like 1,700 yards. For a running back to win the MVP, he's got to either be A, dropping fucking historical numbers, or leading his team to the playoffs. And I know... Adrian Peterson—it's miraculous what he's doing coming back from the knee injury. But that's more of a comeback player of the year than MVP. Now, if Minnesota keeps it going and they end up 10 and 6, 11 and 5, that's different. But right now, that right now, I think I think uh, I think Peyton Manning—if I had to put money on it—Peyton Manning would be the inside track because Denver's winning and their schedule the rest of the way is ridiculously fucking easy. Them to me, them and the Texans are locked in and they're going to be getting the buys uh, for the AFC but Kevin back to the Saints as a whole you know Andrew sure. Andrew Juge has been saying you know he thinks one of the things that's really hurt the Saints defense is that the whole bounty stuff and the Greg Williams is gone and all that has taken away their aggressiveness and you know I sort of poo-pooed it but I've sort of come around the last couple of weeks to say maybe it's true. I think the one good thing that Atlanta, the, besides obviously beating Atlanta because we hate them and it's always fun, I think the one good thing that came out of Atlanta taunting the Saints and and being their normal you know taunting Lofton and being their normal dickish selves was it brought out sort of the inner uh, nasty or dickishness of the Saints. You had the Saints super fired up. You had Roman Harper uh, bumping after the whistle, talking shit to Roddy White. The Saints were getting back to their sort of borderline dirty ways. And I think for the defense, that's a good thing. And maybe that can start to carry over. You know, the the Saints, if they got to be assholes and not well liked to play better defense, so
0: be it. I agree. You know, you, you ain't, you know... Ray Lewis isn't going to be remembered for, uh, for 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 being for being an ultra nice guy and cooperating with authorities, now is he?
1: No, he's stabby stab Ray Lewis. He's going to be re- not
0: at all. Uh, so, you know, you got to be you know, it's it's pro football. Uh got to be a mean motherfucker. Uh, and, you know, to take it back to the Godfather, this is the life we chose. Uh, and, and this is the life they chose. I mean, you know, you, you go out and especially against, you know, especially against the Atlantis, you know, they run their mouth. Okay, you shut them up. Yeah, I mean. and you know, Same thing, you know, you, you go to Oakland, your job is to put Carson Palmer on his ass, make him think twice about staying in the pocket for longer than a three count. And if he holds the ball for longer than a four count, uh, he ought to be running for his life. He ought to be running for
1: the sideline. Well, absolutely. Here's let's let's get to this, the Raider game. Uh, you know, look, we said it at the beginning of the show that they've 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 got to that you got they got to win this game. They got to get to five and five if if you want to have if you want to have meaningful games post Thanksgiving. Um, the thing is, you know, over the last three, four, years, well, the last you know, three years, I would say for sure, when the Saints, you know, starting with the Super Bowl year and the the couple years after. The Saints have had a propensity to just lay a fucking turd um, at the worst inopportune time. You saw it last year in St. Louis. They lost to the winless Rams. They did it against Cleveland a couple years ago. Um, This year, you know they laid a fucking turd in Denver they lost to Kansas City but they were winning 24 to 6 so I-, I wouldn't consider yeah, that
0: don't a, lie to me about that
1: and i wouldn't rem- i wouldn't but i wouldn't classify that as sort of the the saints you know yearly just drop a fucking drop a fucking steamer when you least expect it the thing is kevin i would you would you would consider that i mean I, but it wasn't the normal yes. it wasn't yes. the, it wasn't the normal one though, where it's a shit game from start to finish. I mean, it was twenty-four to six, and you're thinking, ah, this this kind of game's kind of in the bag. I mean, it wasn't that way when they played Cleveland a couple of years ago or the Rams last year, where they just got housed from start to finish. But my point is, well,
0: they got finished. housed from start to finish against the Broncos.
1: That that that's what I'm saying. That was their third game of the year so far. But my point is, Kevin, last year when they did that, they finished up thirteen and three. They don't have no more of those they cannot have that performance uh anymore i mean they they basically they've got to me to get there they got to go minimum 5 and 2 maybe you can argue they got to go 6 and 1 the rest of the way so there's no there's no eggs to be laid how concerned are you about sunday
0: how concerned am i about sunday Well, I said I, I said I would take Carson Palmer throwing for nearly 400. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the best shot that, that the Raiders have because their best their best thing is the passing game. The worst thing about the Saints continues to be the secondary, so that shit's tailor made. Uh, and I can absolutely see Oakland getting. Getting, uh, you know, 27, 30 points, and it's a case of, can New Orleans do enough to, to, you know, score, to score that many points? They're gonna have to score that many yeah. points. They're gonna have to. I, I, I don't see, I don't see the Raiders getting, getting embarrassed in a sense the way they did, uh, against Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore just fucking steamrolled them and just continued to be, I mean, Baltimore would be an asshole about it in the third quarter when and they were they already up. It. Everybody, everybody knows that. Everybody they, knows that.
1: So. up 35 to 10 or whatever.
0: Right. and the, the, the Saints, the Saints aren't going to be up 35 to 10. It, it, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be close, but it's going to be high scoring. And honestly, I can almost see it. Looking kind of sloppy, in the sense that okay, this team scores in the opening drive, the other team scores in the opening drive, and then and then it flattens, it just flatlines, they, they go stagnant for a little while, and then boom, somebody scores, and then boom, somebody scores again, and then it goes stagnant for a little while.
1: Yeah,
0: and I can see I can see it being like that. Where at halftime we're like, man, that that seventy yard uh, flea flicker to Joe Morgan that was phenomenal. Yeah, but Drew Brees is like eight of nineteen. For one touchdown and, and a pick, yeah, and you know, I, I can just see it being an absolute hideous game all around, with with a few bright spots, and and somehow, and somehow, you know, midway through the fourth quarter, we're sitting here wondering, holy shit, why is this game thirty-four uh, thirty right now? How the hell did these two teams do this? Oh yeah, they're both fucking terrible. <laughs>
1: So, give me, a, give me a prediction and give me an MVP of the game. Uh,
0: uh, well, I tell you what, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll throw the balls out there. I'll pull the balls out and just put them on the table. Uh, I was talking to you before we got started recording, and, you know, uh, Mr., uh, the, uh, the foodie himself, the, the future food critic for the New York Times, uh, Dave Cariello, is gonna love this. Uh, not my ball. You're gonna love what I'm about to say, but I'm going with Marcus fucking Ingram. I'm gonna oh, go. Lord. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with King fucking Clemson, and go with Marcus Ingram because when once happens, it happens once. It's an aberration. It happens twice, the ears perk up. You take notice. It happens three times, three consecutive times. You take fucking note and you say, okay, then. Then, then this is the case. So if he puts up another performance like this, and again, the Raiders' running game tailor made for him, tailor made for Chris Ivory. Uh, we, we, I'm going to be sitting here in the post game saying, "Unbelievable, uh, unbelievable again." I'm going
1: to Is he going to get a C now against the Raiders?
0: think he's going to get a C note because I think they're going to keep you know switching up between guys and then you know it, it, if Darren Sproles comes back, uh, I can I can see you know Darren taking a few extra carries, but I see Mark in- Ingram will score a touchdown. I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll put I'll throw Ingram getting a touchdown in there, and I'll say Ingram gets I'll say Ingram gets ninety yards. Wow, that's he doesn't hit he doesn't hit the C note. I'm saying he gets I'm saying he gets ninety. And a touchdown, and uh, I'll pick him as my player of the game. And I will say that the final score of the game will be thirty-seven to thirty-one, Saints.
1: I'm gonna say, Kevin. I said it in my column, so I'll say it here. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say. Listen, it, we we all say, look, if the Saints are gonna make a run at this from this this shit. Season of the bounties and the 0-4 start. If they're going to make a run, they got to win Sunday. And to me, if they're going to make a run at this, Kevin, Jonathan Vilma some kind of way has got to be involved and piss Goodell off when he's watching the game on the Red Zone channel in his New York apartment or whatever. And I'm not talking about just Jonathan Vilma being on the team and playing. I'm talking about Jonathan Vilma making a game-saving play just because it's karma and it's it's destiny, and if it's going to happen for the Saints, Jonathan Vilma is going to play a huge role in it, and I'm going to say the Saints are going to win, and they're going to get back in it, and they're going to win 35-24, and it's going to be Vilma that's going to make the game save and play, a sack, a fumble, something, and somewhere Roger Goodell is going to punch a wall, and we're all going to revel in it for a week.
0: That'd be fine. Yeah. That's fine by me.
1: That's That's my prediction. So um, for, for Kevin Held, for the MIA, Dave Cariello, uh, hopefully he's changing a baby or, or printing out onesies with funny slogans so he can make a ton of money. Uh, uh, I'm Ralph Marlborough, um, thanks and, uh, hopefully the Saints will be five and five the next time you hear from us.